And he worked it out with me. And I mean, these puppies were $2,500, $3,000 piece. And the dog got wound up with his daddy, won the Madison Square Garden, that dog show they have every year. His daddy won that one year, and his daddy's worth about $50,000. And I wound up with one of the pups off that mail and raised him from a pup till he died. And But the Lord started dealing with me this morning. Championship stock, purebred. But we never bred him. We just kept him as a pet in the backyard. And the Lord said, He said, I put championship stock in my people. He said, but my people don't do something with it. What good is it? See, that, that bloodline didn't carry on because we was all the time traveling. We wouldn't, but he had that championship stock. What is going on? Had that championship stock in him. Had that pure bloodline. I mean, like I said, champion. But it didn't go nowhere. Y'all understand what I'm saying? God has put something in us. It's time to go somewhere. It's time to take this and do something with it. I still need volume. I'm still flat. And I'm just going to start talking to you where God started dealing with me because I, I, I dealt with some of this a couple of weeks ago. But the Lord started taking me back and showing me how since 1984 He started putting His Word in me and laying the foundation for this kingdom. What God's revealing now ain't something just stepped on the scene. God started laying the foundation for this back in 1984. I was in Lauren, North Carolina. And that sounds pretty good right there. And we had been invited to a college up there. A young lady was going to college. She invited us to come up there and preach to a bunch of college kids. And I was sitting in the courtyard about 2 o'clock that afternoon at a picnic table having my Bible open studying and I heard an audible voice speak to me. And that voice spoke to me and said, And the dead are raised up. I thought somebody had walked up behind me and without even thinking, I turned around and I said, I believe that. But wasn't nobody there. And I don't know how long after that the Lord gave me a dream that an elder minister that I knew close to died in the dream. And so I was riding down the road and the Lord, I got the call that's dead. And so I said, Lord, do I go to the funeral or do I... Stay in revival. He said, no, go. So, I drove into that town. And I said, Lord, do I go to the house or do I go to the funeral home? He said, go to the funeral home. So I pulled up in front of the funeral home, and I remember it well. It had two glass doors on it like you'd see in a storefront. And I started to get out of the truck. And the Lord said, when you go in, do exactly what I tell you. Got out of the truck, started in the door. I felt the Spirit of the Lord come on me in such an unusual way. He said, when you walk in, don't speak to anybody. 
He said, go straight to the coffin. He said, and do what I tell you. I walked in. The family was over on my left-hand side. They started toward me. I just held my hand up. Didn't say nothing to them. I looked, and the coffin was about 100 feet in front of me. I walked straight up that coffin. That man was laying there. Had his hands folded like this. His right hand was on top. The Lord said, take him by his right hand. Tell him to get up. I took that man by his right hand. I said, the name of Jesus. Get up! That man sat up and started talking to me. The Lord showed me, and, and I started questioning God. I said, God, I said, is that man going to die? He said, not soon. He said, I've showed you a twofold meaning of that dream. He said, one, I'm going to raise the dead from the embalmed state. Do you know what kind of faith and miracle delivering power of God it takes to raise somebody from the embalmed state? Do you know what God would have to do on the inside of that person? Did you know that when they embalm somebody, they take all their internal organs out? Is that not right? They don't take them all out? They only fill the vessels with embalmed. Okay. Well, somebody told me they took them all out. But anyway, the person's dead. The blood's gone, right? And they are filled with embalming fluid. So that takes a creative miracle in itself. And the Lord said, not only that, he said, but this person was a person in the 50s that had great faith and done great miracles. He said, I'm going to store the miracle deliverance revival and I'm going to raise the dead from the embalmed state. Two different things. I said, my God. See, that was the first thing God showed me, how the authority and dominion of this kingdom is fixing to step in. And that got a hold of my spirit, man. That got a hold of my soul. And I started preaching on the faith in God. It wasn't a little while longer till I went on to a town in Nashville, North Carolina, and I was there in revival, and the Lord took me out in a vision. He said, I'm going to restore to you the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And the Lord took me out in a vision. I saw this old house, and the Lord took me inside this house, and there was a woman in there. There was a big pie safe built into the wall. Woman had sleeves down to here, collar line up to here. Her dress was to the floor, and she walked up to that pie safe in the wall, and she opened it, took out a big old wide mouth cannon jar, quart cannon jar of beans, screwed the lid off of it, put a big serving spoon in it, set it on the table. Big table there, probably looked to be ten, twelve feet long, and then she went to another side of the uh, pie safe, opened it up, took out what looked to be homemade bread took three or four slices, put it on the plate, set it on the table, and she called out. She said, all right, everybody. She said, supper's ready. Fifteen people sat down at that table. Probably eight or ten adults and four or five kids. I can't tell you exactly how many, but that thing was a long rectangle, rectangle table. You had five or six adults sitting on each side of that and two or three children. That man bowed his head and began to pray. And before God, the hair stood up on the back of my neck in that vision. I felt the Spirit of God so strong. That woman took that quart jar of beans, picked it up, 
that serving spoon started around that table. She said, how many scoops do you want? Some took one, some took two. When she come all the way around that table serving, probably 15, 16 people set it down. There was still a half a jar of beans. They picked that bread up, started passing it around that table. So every adult took one, some kids took two. When they set it down, there was still four or five slices of bread on that table. God said, I'm going to give you back the faith. There is a restoring of the faith that was once delivered to the saints. But God ain't stopping there. He ain't going to stop there. We're going into the dominion and the authority of this kingdom that every circumstance and every situation is going to come into your control. And God began to talk to me this week. And he said, I told you last year that I am raising up a new generation, that I am raising up a new anointing, that I'm raising up a new ministry. And he said, everything you're in right now, he said, fixing to go by the wayside. Y'all hear what I'm telling you. You listen to what I'm telling you. What was in your mama's day, God's fixing to go beyond it. What we've had in the Holy Ghost, God's going beyond it. Are you hearing me? God's going beyond what we've got because there's something different got to happen. People don't have what they need. They don't have what their walk with God. They don't have a relationship with God. And all people got now is a shout and a talking tongues. And that's about all they got going for them. That ain't doing nothing. I still need some volume. That ain't, that ain't doing nothing for them. And you know what's upset me so bad? People won't listen. People will not listen. I got thinking, I, I see these revivals listed all the time. See them listed all the time, and I see these same preachers getting called to these revivals over and over and over and over. They ever call Brother Metter? No. You know why? I preach a word trying to take them somewhere, and they don't want to go anywhere. All they want is good church. All they want is a good shout, a good talking tongues. All they want is some good songs and to weep and cry a little bit and leave their feeling good about themselves. Well, let me tell you something. They may not want Brother Matter now, but they're fixing to want him in, uh, in the near future. Because the word of this kingdom, the power of this deliverance, uh, is being revealed in God. Uh, is bringing forth a brand new generation. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, I told y'all this vision last week or the week before in 1997. Uh, I was in a tent revival in a town uh, called Hammondville, Alabama. Somewhere one night during prayer, uh, 2.33 o'clock in the morning, uh, I dropped off into sleep. I, I dropped off I, into sleep, and in that sleep, I went into a night vision. And in that night vision, I saw this family standing on a high cliff, looked like it's in the Grand Canyon. And I saw a little boy about six or seven years old, mama and two girls, reminded me of just about the age my kids were at that time. And I saw that, and that mama looked at that little boy. She said, son, you be careful. Don't you get out there too close to the exact cliff. You know how kids are. Oh, mama, don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Well, that boy run out the edge of that cliff by the time the mama said that. And that ground broke off under his feet and he started falling. I mean, going down, down, down. That mama hit her knees and screamed out to God. And as I watched that boy falling through the air, a mighty angel of God come and caught him. 
in his arms and he took him back up and he set him at that mama's feet. And the word of the Lord spoke to me, said, I will give thy angel my angels charge over thee and they shall keep thee uh, in all of thy ways lest at any time uh, thou would dash thy foot against a stone they will bear thee up in their hands uh, and man when that spoke to me uh, there was something moved in me and I woke out of that sleep I broke myself out of that vision uh, and I screamed at God I said God where are they uh, where's this kept people uh, where's this people that your angels are watching over uh, where's this people uh, in Psalms 91 uh, that it starts out and says he uh, that abideth in the secret place uh, shall abide in the shadow uh, of the almighty I said where are they uh, God spoke to me and said they are not yet uh, but I will create them uh, and bring them forth Psalms 103 I don't know what's got I don't have any volume I'm telling myself up here Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16. When the Lord shall build up Zion. That's good right there if that ain't too loud. When the Lord shall build up Zion, He shall appear in His glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created and shall praise the Lord. There's a generation right now that God has created. He thinks to take them in this kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The Lord spoke to me the other night. He said, it's been 20 years since I gave you that vision. 20 years since I gave you that vision. He said, when I gave you that vision, he said, I started bringing forth this created generation. Started bringing them forth. And he said, they're now ready to be led into this kingdom. They're now ready to be led. He said, I have created a generation. I have created a generation. I have created a generation. I, you say, Brother Metter, you're crazy. No, I'm not. You ain't doing nothing with this church world. I, you ain't doing nothing with these people I, that shout and talk in tongues and claim to have the Holy Ghost and Christ. The majority of them, you ain't doing nothing with them. Why? They don't want nothing different than what they got. You tell them something different's coming. You tell them I, that we ain't never had the latter rain. I, they can't hear you. I, you tell them I have not seen, ear have not heard, I, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared they can't hear you they can't hear you they think they got it all sister Kathy how many times in Fort Payne did I tell people you think you got it you won't seek for it you think you got this we ain't got this we ain't experienced this God told us go back and listen to the prophecies go back and get this word and listen to it God kept telling us loose your minds loose your minds our minds is bound in religion Found in religion. And God told us time after time, after time after time in these prophecies, you got to turn loose of the old. You got to turn loose of the old. You got to turn loose of the old so you can go on into the new. See, as long as we think we've got it, and as long as every time we feel the Spirit of God, we revert back to what we know. And we're going to serve God in the old way. Ain't nothing ever going to change. Ain't nothing ever going to change in us. 
Because when we revert back the old way and we praise Him and we talk in tongues and then we let God use us the way He's always used us, what's changing? What's changing? Man, I remember in that one prophecy the Lord spoke. And I gave it to you. It's wrote down. I gave it to you last week or the week before. You need to go back and read that. I remember the Lord spoke and He said the revivals of the 40s and 50s. He said are dropping the bucket to what I'm now going to do. And he said, because that was the gifts. That was the laying on of hands. That was the working of the gifts of the Spirit. He said, I did not work by the gifts of the Spirit. I worked by the authority and dominion of my Father. He didn't work by gifts. He didn't have gifts. He was the gift. <laughs> he was the anointing. He didn't have to work by the gifts, Sister Pat. He didn't have to wait for the anointing. Are y'all hearing me? See, we've got this thing now that we, we keep waiting for the Spirit of God to come upon us. We keep waiting to feel something. Are y'all following with me today? We keep waiting to feel something. I don't have to wait to feel something. It's here. What do I wait on? If it's the mind of God or not. I don't worry about the power. I don't worry about the authority. I don't worry about the Christ being here. I don't worry about the deliverance being here. I just wait on the leadership of the Spirit of God because Jesus said I do nothing. Say what I see my Father do. What was He saying? I do nothing except the Spirit leads me to do it. For they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And see, we keep waiting. We keep wanting to go back to the old order. We wait for the Spirit of God to move on us. We wait for that emotion. We wait for that excitement. We wait for that quickening of the Spirit. Now what God is putting in us is the quickening of the Spirit. What God is putting in us is the living Word. You don't have to wait for the authority to come. It's here. If the Christ is in here, the authority's here. The dominion of God's here. The power to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead and cast out devils. It's here. What blocking it our mindset our mindset well I'm just waiting for the spirit of the Lord what you waiting for it's here the Christ is here y'all understand what I'm saying he's saying I will take my boat he said, if you abide in me, John 15 and 7, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall what? Ask what you will. Ask what you will. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall do what? Ask. Why? It's here. It's here. Are y'all hearing me? It's right here. It's right here. Spirit of God don't need a set up. We keep waiting for the drum roll. We keep waiting for the tongues. We keep waiting for the emotion. We keep waiting for the excitement. And if we don't feel the Spirit of God, then we don't act. What about what's in here? It's ready to take control. You just got to give it control. See, we go where we want to, do what we want to, say what we want to. Anything our flesh wants, we follow it. But if we will get to that place where we are led by the Spirit of God, this thing will start growing. 
this thing will start growing. I said it'll start growing. It'll start taking control. Man, I ain't hardly put nothing in my spirit for the last 48 hours except prophecy. Listen to one before I went to bed last night looking up Scripture. Listen to three this morning. I'm getting the Word of God in my spirit. I don't listen to a prophecy and lay it aside. I don't listen to a word and lay it aside because what God has given you is not messages. It is instruction to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, we got this carnal man. We got this natural life down. Boom. We got it. Yeah, but we keep struggling over how to enter in and possess the kingdom of God. I go back and put the word on. Go back and listen to the word. I, I listened to three prophecies this morning. I, and then I went back to the service where I preached September a year ago. I, and then I was talking about the carnal mind. I, then I told people the natural man, the carnal man is a spirit. I, something we, I, you know, God spoke to my wife, what, March, April? I, somewhere around there or later. I, it was later on. I, but yet God had spoken spoke at September a year ago God started dealing with me and he said that generation that I told you that I was going to create it's here it's here now it's time to lead them into the kingdom when I spoke to you 20 years ago I started raising them up I started bringing them forth you know where they're at they're out there in the world they ain't bound up in this church doctrine they may be the harlots they may be the whoremongers Jesus said he said the publicans and the harlots will go into the kingdom of God they will go into the authority and dominion of my word in my spirit before some of you because you came here you don't see your need of God you don't understand the kingdom you think the kingdom is a place up there no the kingdom's in here that authority and dominion of God's in here hallelujah I'm going to first Peter Glory. I think it's first Peter. Y'all hang on with me. Might be second Peter. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Who gave me that scripture reference? You give it to me. You just what? Look down on the... But listen what it says. Ye are a chosen generation. What did God say I'm bringing forth? A chosen created generation. Somebody tell me. You read that word? That was Peter. Just probably 20, 30 years after Pentecost maybe. And Peter says, You're a chosen generation. Do we have a chosen generation today? Anybody seen a generation of people walking in what Jesus walked in? You're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Oh, I got a good one for y'all. I'm going to mess with you. <laughs> How many priesthoods are there in the Bible? Two. Anybody know what they are? The order of Aaron. And what? The order of Melchizedek. Jesus didn't come under Aaron priesthood. 
Aaron priesthood was of the tribe of Levi. He came through the tribe of Judah. Y'all hear me? There was no priest ever come through the tribe of Judah. And I was reading Hebrews the other morning. Man, I got to reading about Jesus being that sacrifice. I said, huh. So my, my wife come out there on the porch where I was. I said, uh, I want to ask you something. She says, okay. I said, now get this in your mind. I said, Jesus is resurrected. She said, okay. I said, Martha saw him. Was it Martha or Mary? Whatever. One of them saw him. <laughs> she thought it was the gardener. One of the words they'd taken the body of Jesus. He called her name. She recognized him. He said, don't touch me. He said, I've not yet ascended to my God and your God, my Father and your Father. So he ascended up. There's a tabernacle in heaven. Moses made it. The one on earth by the pattern of what's in heaven. So here Jesus is. He's not a high priest yet. But he's the sin sacrifice. So he walks into the Holy of Holies to offer his body and his blood as a sin sacrifice. Who's going to offer it up? He couldn't offer it up himself. He wasn't the high priest yet. Boy, if y'all could see the look on y'all's faces. <laughs> Who's the high priest? Who's the high priest? Melchizedek. Melchizedek was there in the holies of holies to offer the body and blood of Jesus on the holy. On that. Are y'all with me? Jesus couldn't offer himself up. He was the sacrifice. You ever seen a sacrifice offer itself? Had to be Melchizedek. Had to be Melchizedek. And the Lord spoke and said, Thou art made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who was not made after the law of carnal commandments like Levi's word, but thou art made after the power of an endless life. And he said, You're going to bring many sons to glory. You're going to bring many sons to this priesthood of Melchizedek. You are a chosen generation and royal priesthood. Where is it? Ain't happened yet. But we entered into it. We entered in. Do y'all realize the word God has put in this church? Do you realize the richness and the depth and the wisdom that God has put in among this handful right here? And I don't care. How few here, as long as you get a hold of this. 
as long as you let this thing start working in your spirit. I told my wife coming down the road, I said, what's the difference in having 40 and 5 receive than just having 5 and 5 receive? Ain't a whole lot of difference than having 40-something spirits you got to fight. 35 religious devils that you got to fight because they don't believe nothing. And you got four or five there hungry trying to believe something. I said, just give me the five believers. Just give me the six hungry. Just give me those that can believe that the Word and the Spirit of God, the power of the resurrected Christ can live in them. And they can live and move in Him and have their existence have their being because we're coming forth this chosen generation oh my God God's created who's created a chosen generation he's fixing to bring forth a royal priesthood a holy nation when the children of Israel come forth unto Moses people feared them they feared them Woo. They feared him. He said, you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You know what peculiar means? Purchased. You're a purchased treasure. You're a purchase. I purchased you. You're mine. You belong to me. You don't belong to this world. Quit trying to be like this world. And quit trying to make the Spirit of God do what you think it ought to do. We try to get God to manifest Himself a certain way. You know why? That's what our minds think the anointing is. That's what our minds think worshiping the Lord is. God said, let your minds loose. He said, let my spirit take control. Don't tell me we don't do it. Every one of us do it. We get in a service, we'll start the service, we'll sing, we'll shout, we'll testify. And we try to get God to move like He moved last week or the week before or the week before that. We try to get God to do what we've been raised in. You can't give me an amen, give me an old me. <laughs> we've got the Spirit of God boxed in and we want Him to do what we think He ought to do. Amen? Oh me, help me Jesus. Tell me I don't know what I'm preaching. We've tried to put God in the box. We've tried our best to define what the Spirit of God is and we get in prayer, the Spirit starts moving then we get up and drop back in the old order. This is the very reason I won't let people just get up and sing unless God speaks to them. Why? Because they're trying to get God to move like they think He ought to move. We've got to turn loose this mind. Man, in one of them prophecies, the Lord screamed out of me and He said, Loose thy minds and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because all the all your mind's going to do is try to conform God to the things of this world. Oh, I hope y'all are happy with me today. 
We've got to twit, quit trying to conform God to what we think He ought to be. Did He not tell us your eye hath not seen? Did He not tell us your ear hath not heard? Did He not tell us neither has it entered into the heart of man? The things that I have prepared for them that love me and one prophet said to them that wait on me, did God not speak that to us? God spoke in one of them prophecies. He said, I'm so far beyond what your eyes have seen. I'm so far beyond what your ears have heard. I'm so far beyond what has entered into your heart. And he said in Isaiah 55, he said, my ways ain't your ways. So why do we get up every time we come to church and try to get God to do it our way? Man, we just need to put Elvis Presley's song on, I did it my way, and just go on with it. Quit trying to do this your way. Your ways ain't God's ways and your thoughts ain't God's thoughts. He said as high as the heavens in from the earth. He said that's how much higher my ways are than your ways and how much higher my thoughts are than your thoughts. And then we'll go out the door, shout and pray. Boy, didn't we have church today. Yeah, that's all you had. Good church. Boy, sister so-and-so was singing, and I felt the Spirit, and I began to cry, and I looked out around, and everybody was crying. Okay, what did it change? Don't show. What did it change? Same words, same spirit of prophecy, same gift, same anointing. God, people have been running around in circles for 40 years. Ain't nothing changed in the church since I grew up. And here God is trying to tell us, I'm changing the anointing. I'm changing the leadership. I'm changing the ministry. I'm going to take you in a new and different way. You've never passed this way before. Behold, I do a new thing. Well, everybody, God said He's going to do a new thing. Let's turn the hymnals to page 387. Let's everybody stand and sing, I'll fly away. But thank God He said He's going to do a new thing. Don't consider neither remember the things of old because I got to do a new thing. You want to tag team and let me tag you and you take up where I'm preaching? chosen generation royal priesthood holy nation a peculiar people where are they did you know when Moses led the children of Israel out of the wilderness they run around in circles 40 years God moved Moses they led him straight over Joshua led him straight over Jordan there was Jericho standing right in their path scared to death of those children of Israel went in to spy out Jericho and Rahab the harlot took the spies and hit them and you know what she told she said when we heard about the acts of your God she said our hearts did melt within us in great fear Still 40 years later. 
Still 40 years later, they're hearing about the acts of God, about the mighty hand of deliverance, about how God parted the Red Sea 40 years ago. But they still feared Israel's God. People don't fear our God today. You know why? We ain't showing them nothing. We ain't, produ- we ain't manifesting nothing. Man, did you see the Holy Ghost get on brother so-and-so? He danced and he shouted and he wept and he cried. Oh my God, what a great service. The glory of the Lord come down. Nine times out of ten, didn't one thing change anybody? Brother Matter, you're being too critical. No, I'm trying to get you to see we've got stuck in a rut. We've got stuck in a rut and we're not going forward. I know people with calls of God on their life, and I'm probably going to upset some people with what I'm saying, but I know people with calls of God on their lives. I know people with great ministries, and I've seen them minister the same year after year after year after year after year after year, and so have you. You don't see any maturity. You don't see any greater anointing. You don't see any more of a word coming out of them than what you've seen 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Are y'all hearing me today? God didn't bring us out here to leave us. God didn't show me all these visions. Let me borrow your paper there, brother. God didn't show me all these visions. I mean, you just take the vision of the little boy falling off the cliff in 97. That was powerful. And y'all think I'm pinning a rose on myself if you want to. All right, where's my vision I'm looking for? You got me double-sided printed, and I don't... Well, I don't have mine. All right, 1984, I seen the dead race in revival. I'm on page six. Later that year, I had a vision of the valley of dry bones God showed me the same vision in Ezekiel 37 he showed it to me and when he showed it to me and asked what I had seen I said Lord I don't know he said you've seen the body of Christ coming together I didn't even know what that meant at that time same year 84 I saw a vision of the food being multiplied 1989 he took me out in a vision I was in a little travel trailer out in Texas and the Spirit of the Lord came in my trailer and he took me out in a vision and he showed me Jacob wrestling with the angel being changed Moses coming down off the mountain his face was shining he showed me Jesus on Mount Transfiguration he lit up like the sun and then he showed me Paul where the light shined on him knocked him off the donkey when I come out of that vision I can't prove it to you but I felt like I was hanging about five foot in the air perpendicular with a floor and there was a bright white light standing in my trailer the image of a man and he spoke to me he said by one touch of my angel's hand he said I can transform the lives of my ministers In 1993, I saw an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire fell. I won't go into the whole vision, but it fell on like a group of college kids in a dormitory room. And 
They was in there praying. Some was laying on their face. Some was standing. One young man was on his knees, and he was straight up at his waist, and he had his hands folded like this. And I seen the tongues of literal tongues of fire begin to set down on, like it did on the day of Pentecost. It's about a foot tall and about four inches from the top. They forked. And I seen it fall on them. I seen them kids had never done nothing for God. Walk out of there drunk in the spirit. Go out on the street. Begin to preach. Begin to prophesy. Begin to have miracles. And great deliverance broke out. And the Lord told me, said, there's not been a visitation and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire like this since the day of Pentecost. He said, but I'm fixing to give it. Two or three years ago, God spoke to Sister Daniels and showed her a vision of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire being poured out. Are you listening to me? We are coming to this. We are coming to this. This generation is being raised up. It's not full of doctrine. It's not full of tradition. You've got a generation right now, people 35 years old and younger, they don't know what a miracle is. They don't know what the Holy Ghost is. They don't know what God is. We was with a group of people, around a group of people yesterday, all young people, they have no concept of God, the workings of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. What is it? It's a generation prepared for a mighty visitation of the Spirit of God. They they ain't been churched to death. They ain't been indoctrinated. They ain't been traumatized by religion. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? This is a chosen generation. They're out there. They don't know nothing. And God is preparing me and you with a word and anointing and a deliverance. The kingdom, my power of authority and dominion is now resting in us. And we're like that thoroughbred dog. We ain't siring nothing. And we ain't bringing nothing forth. We got locked up in here. When is this thing going to get loose? When are we going to quit worrying about what somebody's going to think about us? Well, I can't sing. I might not stay on key. So what? God moves on you, sing, sing. I had a brother come to the church there for a little while. He's gone home and be with the Lord now and every now and then the Spirit of God moved on me and I'd sing I didn't care what I sounded like I just sing by the Spirit of God and I was talking to him and I said well I don't sing a whole lot he said well brother Metter he said why don't you just sing like you preach just let it go wide open I said I don't have to preach on key he just laughed See, we worry too much about what people are going to think about us. Got our pride in the way. Did I say that out loud? Okay. We got our pride in the way. We got our pride in the way. I started reading over these visions, and I, most of this was written in September 2016. Written September a year ago. Just about all this. You go back and check your notes if you got them from September a year ago. About every bit of this right here. 96, I saw the waters of Jordan part. I was in an auditorium in Greenville, South Carolina. Walked out and took the service. was looking at the congregation. And the whole thing disappeared. And I saw the waters of Jordan stand up. And Joshua lead the children of Israel over. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, walk soft. He said, you've never passed this way before 1996 21 years ago God was laying the foundation for this kingdom two years later God showed me Joshua standing on the banks of Jordan and God spoke to him said Moses 
My servant is dead. He turned and looked at the tabernacle, and everywhere they set the tabernacle up. If it's daytime, a pillow of cloud was on it. If it's nighttime, a pillow of fire was over. A pillow of cloud wasn't there. You can't find anywhere in the scripture after Moses died that the pillow of cloud ever come down over the tabernacle or the pillow of fire. Why? That generation ended. It was over. It was over. And here Joshua is standing there and the Lord said, Rise. Go forward and take this people over Jordan. <laughs> Get up, Joshua! I brought this people to Jordan. Now! Take them forward on dry ground. Joshua 1 and 1. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Thou, there now, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. I told them, go, go across. Go across. Joshua said, Pill of Cloud's gone. That's what we've always followed. Moses is gone. He always ministered the word of the Lord to us. And the Lord started dealing with him about the priesthood. About how when the priests put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, which is a type of the fullness of God in the midst of God's people. Because when they set the tabernacle up, the Ark of the Covenant set in the Holy of Holies where the fullness of God dwelled. He said, you tell them priests to take that Ark, put it on their shoulders, and when they step in Jordan, he said, it's going to roll back a wall of water. See, it was only on one side. Red Sea was both sides. Jordan was one side because it's the way the water flowed. He just had, he just had to put up one wall. And he immediately, he immediately dried the ground up. And I watched that and I seen that. And he said, you've never passed this way before. Why, if we've never passed this way before, do we keep trying to drag all this baggage with us? Why do we keep trying to draw, drag all this religion with us? Why is it up here how the Holy Ghost should move? And what the Holy Ghost should do. So we can say we had a move of God. Chosen generation. Never seen it. Royal priesthood. Never seen it. Holy nation. Never seen one. Since the children of Israel. There's not been a nation. Of people that feared God. God raised America up to be a holy nation. One of them prophecies, I believe it was February this year, the Lord spoke. He said, you go to prayer for this nation. You go to prayer for your president. You go to prayer for the leaders of the world. He said, I have set a great visitation of the Holy Ghost to bring it forward. And he said, Satan's trying to hinder it by stirring up war, stirring up trouble. Did y'all see the stuff that went on up there in Charlottesville, Virginia? Riots. We ain't had riots in our streets in a long time now. 
What's the devil trying to do? Stir things back up. We got to go to prayer. That thing over in North Korea got everybody on edge. I went back to a prophecy from November the 9th, 2014 that God spoke about a great visitation of the Holy Ghost and he said as a sign North Korea would have a huge devastating earthquake. I started praying God bring it. Bring it. Bring it. He showed me one in New Zealand. They've already happened. And he said there would be seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half and nine points and everyone, the one in New Zealand was above seven the one in the Pampa, Solomon Islands over there, which is off the coast of New Zealand, happened. There have been about four of them earthquakes happened in 2015 that God spoke in 2014 because that's when he said, I'm taking the kingdom from the church world. But God said, the Philippines and North Korea shall have a devastating earthquake. I start praying, God, bring it. You talking about something that set them down, that would be an earthquake. Man, God can send an earthquake in there and knock every one of them missiles down. You hear me? But if we don't pray. See, people prayed and God God told, you go back and listen to the prophecy of September a year ago. God said, if you will pray, I'll give you favor with God and man and I'll stand up for you. And he stood up for us in the presidency. He stood up for us. Do I agree with everything the man does? No, but I know God put him in there. I don't agree with everything the man does. But I believe God put him in there for a season. Are y'all hearing me? God spoke to too many people and said, I'm putting him in there. I just prayed. I didn't tell y'all God was going to put him in there. I just prayed for God to put the right person in office. Because on 9-11, no, in October of 2000, I went into a vision. I was at a church in Alabama. I went into a vision right there while I was ministering. I saw the Oval Office. I seen that big rug in the Oval Office where the presidential seal is. George W. Bush was on his knees praying and weeping. God, give me wisdom to lead this nation. That was a month for the election. God said, you better tell people to pray to put the right man in office. This nation's fixing to go through calamities. I didn't tell people. I said I seen the president of the United States on his knees praying for wisdom. I didn't tell him who it was. Didn't tell him who to vote for. Didn't try to encourage him who to vote. I said you better pray and vote for the right man. I said this nation's fixing to go through calamities. It's got to have leadership. But see, I knew who it's going to be because God showed me. About two weeks before the election, my dad said, "Well, Gore's going in." I said, "No, he ain't." He said, "You watch what I tell you." He said, "Gore's going in." I said, "No, he ain't." I didn't saw it. He said, this nation ain't going to put George W. Bush. I said, you hide and watch. God spoke to me in 1998. I didn't even know who George W. Bush was. He said he will be the next president of the United States. Didn't even know who he was. Never seen him. Didn't know nothing about him. God told me. In that vision, I saw him on his knees. He said, America, this nation's fixing to go through calamities. Did we go through calamities? I'm going to tell you something. If God hadn't stayed in people's hand, they would have took out the Capitol. They would have took out the Pentagon. They would have took out the White House. And you'll never know it, but that plane up there that crashed in Pennsylvania that went down, our Air Force took it out. I saw that. The Lord told me, 
He said, your Air Force took it out. It didn't crash on its own. Your Air Force took it out. You know why? It was headed to the Capitol or it was headed to the White House. If they had succeeded in hitting the Capitol, our Congress was in session. They would have killed the majority of our government and our leadership. If they had hit the Pentagon like they had wanted to, they would have took out our military, and that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to put this country in chaos with no leadership. The church is in chaos with no leadership right now. It's in chaos. And don't nobody want to hear a solid word. Everybody just wants a good church. But I'm telling you, there is a chosen generation that is standing up. They ain't going to stand up. The Lord said they are ready now to be led into this kingdom. The Lord is going to give me people. The Lord is going to give other men. But he's put this word in the spirit in. I ain't the only one. The Lord is going to put this word in men. God has conditioned y'all for this. He's trained you for this. And I'm telling you, he's getting ready to bring you forth. You better weigh out every decision you make by the leadership of the Holy Ghost and you better know it's the mind and will of God I don't care if you felt led to go to Longhorns for dinner you better know that there's nothing in your spirit that's going to check you you say oh brother Metter you're being ridiculous oh am I go back several years ago to where that man walked in that Luby's cafeteria in Texas and killed a bunch of people because they just went there to get dinner You better know where you're going to church. You better be led by the Spirit of God that you're in the right place. Man walked into church in Charleston, South Carolina, two or three years ago, shot nine people to death during a Bible study. God spoke to us and said, when we was in Alabama, don't you go from one room of your house to the other if you feel a check in your spirit unless you're led by my spirit. Did he not? And it wasn't about two weeks later that a woman was sitting in her living room. She said, I felt led, or in her bedroom, she said, I felt led to get up and walk in my living room. And she said, I ain't no more walked in there and sat down. And a tree come down and destroyed her bedroom. She said, if I'd have still been sitting there in, she said, that tree would have killed me. She said, and I felt the movement of the Spirit to get up and walk in my living room. You remember that? But yet, so many times we just make what seems to be casual decisions. We go here, we go there, we do what? Our heart's desires are what our flesh wants to do. It's going to get us in a mess. See, God is training and conditioning us. I saw that vision in 98. Moses. When God spoke to Joshua and said he's dead. And then y'all listen to what the Lord told me. He said there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses. What well, little old me said, Now, God, what are you talking about? Moses had the greatest miracles, greatest deliverance any man on earth besides Jesus. The Lord said, When Moses stretched his staff out over the Red Sea, he said, How long did it take the waters to part? I said, All night. How long did it take the ground up? I said, probably all night. That east wind blowing. He said, when I told Joshua, let the priest step in the banks of Jordan, he said, how long did it take it to part? I said, immediately. He said, how long did it take the ground to dry up? I said, immediately. They went over on dry ground. Immediately. He said, well, Moses stretched his staff out and called for the plagues over Egypt. 
He said, how long take them to come? I said, most time a day, sometimes two. He said, when Joshua looked up and looked at the sun, he said, sun standing out still on Gibeon, moon standing out still on the valley of Agilon. He said, how long did it take the sun to stand still? I said, immediately. He said, there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses. He said, but I've hid it from people's eyes. He said, because the word that has brought you to the knowledge of the kingdom is not going to be enough to take you into the kingdom. People may not want to hear this, but when I got the phone call that Monday morning, Sister Daniels had passed. It wasn't an hour later. The Lord spoke to me and said, Moses, my servant is dead. He said, the knowledge I put in that woman to bring people to the kingdom, that was her ministry. That was her course. That's what I chose her to do. He said, just like Moses reached the end of his course, he said, then Joshua, the anointing and the word that was in him, led the people over to the promise. So there's got to be a different anointing come forth now to take you into the kingdom. Because just knowing what the kingdom is and the knowledge of it ain't enough to take you into it. In just a matter of hours, I saw 20 some odd years of visions, 30 some odd years of visions come to pass, just pulled together. And before that, everything was just out there on the radar. And then all of a sudden, God pulled it all together. I said, oh, my God. I said, that vision I seen in 97, in 98, and Moses and Joshua, it's happened. The vision I seen of Joshua parting Jordan, going across Jordan, I said, it's happened. There was another dream that I saw that's happened. A dream she saw has happened. I'm not going to go into the details of them. But they've happened just in a matter of days. And where are we? Ready to cross Jordan. But we've got to have leadership. God did not choose the church to be led by the prophet's ministry in the New Testament. And that's all some people want to follow. No. I have five. I have five. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, He said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, until right now, He said, The law and the prophets have prophesied until John. He said, Now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent will take it by force. God didn't lead his people by prophets after John. He poured the Holy Ghost out, made up the church, put five leadership ministries, five governing ministries. And the Lord said, now, I'm going to have them come forth in the earth. He spoke that at Brother Michael's Harris's house on July the 12th. He said, I'm now going to bring these ministries forth. Check your notes. I gave you last week on that prophecy. He said, I'm now going to bring them forth. I'm now going to put them in the earth. Why? God's people can't go anywhere without leadership. The reason God's people have been running around the wilderness. They've never had leadership. We had the healing revival. Everybody got stirred up, started fasting, praying. God gifted people with healing. Any of y'all ever heard of Ronald Coyne? And y'all know who he is? He was a young man put his eye out with a piece of barbed wire back in the 50s. He had a glass eye. They took his eyeball out and put a glass eye in when he was 10 years old. I met him when he was about 19. I was about 8 or 9 years old. 
he come to a church in Nashville, Tennessee. And I saw him take that glass eye out, empty socket in his head. They taped his good eye up with three or four handkerchiefs and a roll of masking tape. There wasn't no way he could see. And he would take driver's license. He would take the Bible. He would take different documents people had, would hand him. And he would read out of that empty socket. He had a perpetual daily miracle that was there because God gave it to him. And I've been in several meetings with him since. I never had him come to my meetings. But last time I seen him just before he died, he come to a meeting in Texas where I was preaching. And he was supposed to be their minister that night. And he got tied up. His flight got delayed or something. And the time he got there, it was about 9 o'clock that night. And I preached the I was preaching the word. He said, you just go ahead, young man. You get through. I'll do what God's given me. We wasn't friends, but we were acquaintances. But a man I knew to be his good friend. He said, we'd be headed out them Arkansas roads and them foothills of them Ozarks. And he said he'd reach up there and take that glass eye out. He'd throw his hand over that eye. and said he'd be driving looking out of that empty socket in his hand. He said, scare me to death. <laughs> he said, I'd be begging him. Take his hand off that good eye where he could see what he was doing. He said, we'd be running 60, 70 mile hour around them curves up in the Ozark Mountains because that's where he lived. But see, then everybody wanted healing. Everybody wanted deliverance. God's people never got founded on anything. Are y'all hearing me? We never got founded on anything that was going to produce the Christ, is what I'm saying. We had some good experiences. We had some great relationships with God. I've had the power of the Holy Ghost live in me and guide me all these years. But most people that got the Holy Ghost, they talk in tongues and they just sat there. Are y'all with me? God ain't wanting us to just sit here. In 2012, I was preaching in Savannah. While I was preaching, the Lord took me out in a vision. <laughs> Heard the Lord speak to me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. The Lord took me out in a vision. I walked into a room. Everything in that room was familiar. I knew every bump in the wall, every nick in the floor, every dirt spot. knew everything about it. Look back in that left-hand corner, and there was a door I'd never seen. Walked up that door to open it, and when I did, there was a room, door uh, about eight or nine doors in that back wall. I walked over that first door, opened it, there was another eight or nine doors. Walked to the next door, opened it, there was a room with another eight, just like that. Every door I opened had eight or nine doors. I'd walk in that room and open the door, there'd be another eight or nine doors. The Lord spoke to me, he said, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, you'll never get to the end of them. I thought that was it. 2014, the Lord brought that vision back to me. He said, that room you walked in was your anointing. He said, you minister in that anointing, you're comfortable, you know how to operate. You know how to operate the gifts or let the gifts operate you. You know what you're doing, in other words. He said, you can stay right here, you can preach, you can have some healings, you can have some miracles. He said, you can keep on preaching. He said, and I'll bless you. He said, or you can walk through that door. He said, and I'll take you into a greater anointing, a greater depth, a greater wisdom, a greater understanding. He said, every door you walk through, he said, it'll get greater and greater and greater and greater. Y'all listening to me? 
God said something before us. I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews the 8th chapter. I'm fixing to bring this to a close. So I was riding up the road the other day. I don't know where I was going, me and my wife. And might have been coming up here yesterday. And I looked at my wife. I said, God took me back through seven, eight visions back in 2016. I said, I read about them last night. And I said, who has these kind of visions? Where do you see ministers standing in the pulpit telling about visions? I mean in-depth visions. No, about all they want to do is slap their hand on you and say, Yea, you are the apple of my eye, saith the Lord. Yea, you are my chosen seed. Yea, you are my child. I will bless you. And that's about it. True? Now you just be sure and give that big offering and everything's going to be all right. I speak the truth there ain't no detail in these visions I got 33 visions that I wrote down a year ago that's got all the details of all these visions there's some I didn't even get in there that I'll put them out for if you want to read them 33 visions that God's given me since 1977 dreams and visions pertaining to this kingdom now I know why preachers get mad at me because I don't talk about the college football scores and the baseball games and sports I talk about things pertaining to the kingdom of God and I keep my mind on the Lord and God visits me get upset with me somebody got to lead God's people right now I ain't being allowed to lead God's people so God's going to raise up a generation that this word and this spirit that's in me is going to get in others. And i got people right now in three states they start opening their homes up for home prayer meetings. I can't get into churches. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> Y'all hear me? I'll go where preachers can't keep me out. And I'll do what God's called me to do. Because there's going to come a day they're going to need this word. They're going to need this miracle. They're going to need this deliverance. Let somebody in this area need a miracle. You know where they're going to come? They don't want this word. Oh, Brother Meadow preaches strange doctrine. Yeah. But you can't dispute it by the word of God. You might dispute it by men's traditions, but you can't dispute it by the Word of God. Y'all with me in Hebrews 8? Tenth verse. For this is the covenant, and this is on the last page of your study notes. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins, and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant. He has made the first old, 
now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. God told me this yesterday. He said, this is the day I'm bringing this covenant to pass. This is the day I'm fulfilling that word. He said, this covenant, I'm starting to write my laws and my word in people's hearts and minds. Whether you believe me or not, God told me, he said, this is the day that I'm fulfilling this covenant. This people that I've created and am now bringing forth, I'm going to write my word in their hearts and my laws in their hearts and minds. And he ain't talking about the law of Moses. He's talking about the law of the Spirit. He said, I'm going to write it in their hearts and minds. God's going to have people that's going to serve you. Whether me and you do it or not, whether me and you possess this or not, somebody's going to possess this. Why? It's written in that word, and it can't return void. That word written right there cannot return void. And if you go back and check, a year ago, the Lord started speaking to people, make you call an election, sure. You better get settled in your calling. You better lay hold of your calling. You better start seeking God for your calling and your election. You better make it sure. You better get settled in your hearts what God's called you for. Because you don't, you're going to miss the time of their visitation. Y'all remember how the Lord spoke to me last week? How he took me into Acts, the 12th chapter, and I saw King Herod. Did I tell y'all about that? I saw King Herod sitting on his throne, clothed in royal apparel, made a great speech, a great oration. And because he gave not God glory, immediately the angel of the Lord smote him with worms and he died. While I was right here on my knees, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is the type of the ministry today. He said, they've clothed themselves in spiritual apparel. They've made themselves like royalty. He said, they've preached, they've spoken. He said, they're not giving me the glory. And he said, now I'm fixing to smite ministers and move them out of the way. You ain't going to hinder what God's doing. I don't care who you are. I don't care how great your ministry is. I don't care how big your name is. You ain't going to hinder what God's doing. You get in God's way, He going to bury you. He going to bury you. I'm telling you, people better get their house in order. They better get their house in order. I feel this by the Spirit of God. You better get your house in order. Don't make me put my hand on my staff. There's one thing y'all will find about me. If the Spirit of the Lord ever move on me and I speak something, God will do it. God will do it. He'll bring it to pass. He'll bring it to pass. Y'all hearing me? We are in serious times. We are further in the last days and the end of time than people realize. And there's a new generation that God is now going to bring forth. It's just like when God spoke to Joshua. And Joshua gathered all the leaders, gathered all the people around him. said, Moses is dead. God told me he was. Now we're going to do things different. We ain't going to follow the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. We're going to follow the priesthood with the Ark of Covenant on their shoulders. That's what's going to lead us. I ain't following no priesthood. I'll just stay here and wait on the pillow of cloud and the pillow of fire. Go right ahead. Two and a half tribes have already told Moses we're not crossing Jordan. We're settling on this side. 
Will y'all hear me? And when the children of Israel passed over the Red Sea, come out of Egypt. It's in your notes. Numbers, the first chapter, third verse. God told Moses, he said, you number the children of Israel by their tribes and every young man, 20 years old and upward, preparing for war. Preparing for war. When the spies went over Jordan, checked out Cana, come back, Joshua and Caleb shouted. They had a good report. They brought back grapes. The grapes were so big and the clusters of grapes were so big, they put a stave through it. The man, they carried it on their shoulders. The cluster of grapes was so big. He said, that's how rich the land is. Let's rise up. Go forward. We are well able to possess the land. The other ten said, now, wait a minute, boys. said, there's some giants over there. There's some big guys over there. The sons of Anak, they're giants. Man, they live in cities that are walled. And they put fear in the hearts of the people. God said, every one of those 20 years old and upward will perish in the wilderness. They will not go forward and possess the land. They ain't going to cross over. What did God do? He made a separation. You better get ready. God's making a separation. Everybody ain't going the way I'm preaching. That's the reason they don't like this word. They don't like this word. They tell you I'm off track. They tell you I've missed it. Well, if I've missed it, you listen to the prophecy from July, Brother Michael's house. Throw down in your papers. Have y'all read it? Did God not say there would start being floods all over this nation everywhere? That was 12th of July. Have we had floods all over this nation everywhere as a sign to what? That word in the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. Oh, now Brother Matter, he can prophesy. He can preach. He can have miracles. But I don't know about that word he's preaching. <laughs> well, if God's backing it up, what you worried about? If God's confirming the word with signs following, what you worried about? Show me somewhere else God's confirming the word with signs following. There ain't many out there. If they do, they've got to be preaching the right word. Y'all appreciate the Lord today. I appreciate Him. I know I've been lengthy, and I know these study notes are lengthy, but you need to study them. If you don't have those prophecies from September the 4th, a year ago, 9-4-16, and you don't have the prophecy from 2-19-17, you need to get them. You need to listen to them. You need to listen to them. And you need to listen to them. Then you need to listen to them. Then you need to listen to them. Then you need to listen to them again. You need to study what God's saying. This kingdom's ready to come forth. It's our minds that are hindered. The coming forth of the Spirit and the work in God's Spirit like He wants to move in us. Don't make God have to choose somebody else. Don't make God have to choose somebody else. When Sister Daniels built a new church in Twin City, I had worked with her from day one. And they started in a little old building, probably wasn't half as big as this right here. And I went in there and worked with her and labored with her. They built a new tabernacle. I prophesied to her and told her she's going to build that church. The Lord showed it to me. She said, I ain't got the money to build a church like that. Wasn't no time somebody turned around and gave her $10,000. Then money started coming in. 
Why? Because God's mind is God's will. God started bringing the money in. Just like He's going to do right here. And I went down there. She called me and another preacher to come dedicate the church because we the two did worked with her in that little old building down there. Didn't nobody much want to go in that little old building down there. They wanted to go down Savannah where they had a big crowd. We labored right there in that little old building with 10, 15 people for I don't know how long. Well, she founded the church in 90, and this was 97. So probably six, seven years. She labored in that little old building, driving back and forth. She lived in Savannah at that time, driving back and forth from Savannah, 90 to 100 miles. She preached in Savannah on Saturday morning, Wednesday night and Saturday morning. Drove Twin City on Sunday. Started out church in her brother's garage. Then had a tent revival. Then got that little old building. Then she'd be back in Savannah Sunday night. All that going back and forth, praying, seeking God. And I was getting ready to go to service that night. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I don't need you. I said, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> he said, I don't have to have you to perform my word. He said, I can raise up a hundred and put in your place. He said, I've chosen you. And he said, it's my will that you come forth in what I'm doing. He said, but I don't have to have you. There ain't none of us right here today God's got to have. There ain't none, nobody listening to this service. I don't care if you listen to it on live, stream, CD, cassette, DVD. God don't have to have you. Has he chosen you? Yes, sir. He's chosen you. But he don't have to have you. That's what the Lord told me. He said, I'll raise up a hundred and put in your place. I don't have to have you. And that made me realize right there, God don't have to have me do his will. You know, some of us think, God's got to have us do what he wants to do in L.A.J. and Cardicate. Nope. It's like the prophecies. God spoke over Fort Payne. I don't have to be there for God to fulfill that word. I remember when I was in India in 2006, the Spirit of the Lord came on Sister Angela, and she said, Brother Metter, she said, I see God making the Fort Payne Church an international church. She said, I see ministers coming from all over the world, coming to the Fort Payne Church, sitting under the word, being taught to pray, being taught the word, and going back and preaching to their own countries. Has that happened yet? No. Will it happen? Yeah. Do I have to be there? No. You think all the prophets that prophesied the word of the Lord down through the generations, they didn't have to be there for their word to come pass. Joel prophesied it still ain't happened. There's things Isaiah, Jeremiah, a lot of them prophesied still ain't happened. Don't have to be there. All this Spirit of God. Are y'all following along with me? God's going to fulfill His will whether I do or not, whether you do or not. Because God don't have to have us. I need God. He don't need me. He has a chosen path for me. But He don't need me. Do I want to please Him? Yes, sir, and I'm trying. You better be trying to. Because He's chosen us. We are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. And God's purging religion out of us. Amen. God wants to bring us forward. Would you bow your heads and go to the Lord in prayer with me? Father... I thank you for this word. God, let it find good ground. Let it find good ground, Jesus. 
Let your name be honored, magnified, and worshipped. And let this go into good ground, take root downward, and spring forth upward. And let our fruit be the very mind, nature, attributes, characteristics of Christ. God, this is a dying generation. But they don't need religion, Lord. They don't need good church. They need deliverance. God, order my steps to labors and raise up labors that will go forth in your vineyard. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by the working of your Spirit you're going to raise these people up. Give me direction, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You love the Lord today? This word hit home with you? Needs to. It needs to. Because I'm telling you, God's ready to move forward. we got to go with Him. You know, when the pillar of cloud moved in Moses' this day, or the pillar of fire moved, people didn't follow it. They got left behind. You don't follow the movement of the Spirit, you're going to get off in error. we got to follow. When God moves, we got to move, children. And God's moving. I mean, God is moving. I got so tickled. We was... Any of y'all heard any of the radio broadcasts? Y'all heard any of the messages that's been preached on there? And I got so tickled, my wife was riding up the road, and I started listening to them faith tapes. And I'd talk in tongues, and she'd laugh. I said, what are you laughing about? She said, them baby tongues. <laughs> she said, you don't have them tongues no more. She said, you got them full-grown, grown-up tongues now. And every time the Spirit of God hit me and I'd talk in tongues, she said, them baby tongues. <laughs> See, she come around and then she talked to you. Grown up then. See, God ain't let this word sit still. There's been a maturity. There's been a maturity. There's been a coming forward. But you need to ask yourself, am I growing? And I'm moving forward in what God's doing? Because you can minister. And ten years later, you can still be ministering the same way. I don't minister the same way I ministered in the... Y'all was in my meetings in the 90s. We moved a bunch of old cassette tapes. We found a bunch of them. Some of them go back to the 80s. Most of them are the... Like... Late 90s. I lost most of them in the fire, but we still got some. I'm going to go back and start converting them over to CD, and I'm going to start listening to them. Because I can tell listening at the faith tapes. Oh, man, I can preach faith. Listen to them. You'll find out I can preach faith. But that ain't where God's got me now. I preach faith because I'm an evangelist. Now God's put me as a pastor. And my preaching started changing after about two years in Fort Payne. Now, God's told me to declare this revelation of the kingdom. And man, when you get off shouting, talking in tongues, laying hands, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, you get off a doctrine, you get into something people don't know, you can't get a word out of them edgewise people familiar they stuck they stuck they're in their comfort zone you can't walk with God being in your comfort zone can't do it amen can't do it says Kathy the Lord took me out in a dream the other morning I can't remember if it was Friday morning or Saturday morning 
I think it's Friday morning, but the Lord took me out in a dream. And he told me it's time for you to be still and let his spirit lead you.